0: Hey, if you have your books with you, let's turn to page 306. We're at the last paragraph. Um, let's just give some context in case we've forgotten the journey so far after that seven days of unbroken Samadhi that Lahiri Maharsaya experienced. And Nirvikalpa Samadhi, as it mentions here, which is entering into that state and then whether in it or no longer in it that state of samadhi remains unbroken wherever whatever you're doing whether you're eating whether you're walking whether you're scratching your head whether you're meditating and that's that last vestige of just a tiny bit of separation that you still feel there's still a part of you says i am one with the infinite and then that i disappears and then there is only the infinite there is only God in every expression in every moment after having that experience though of course Lahiri Mahashaya, you know just says I want to be here with you Babaji I, I know I have a wife back home and I know and I have kids <laughs> I know I have responsibilities I have a job there but boy <laughs> so far do they seem so meaningless to a certain degree do they seem especially now that I remember our relationship and our relationship has been going on for eternity, you know, and these other momentary relationships, they've just come and gone like waves on the ocean. I want to stay with this one. I want to stay with that love that has always existed. But of course, Babaji says, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh.
1: I have other plans for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, not in this lifetime. You've done all that. You've had many years, as he says, of Solitary. solitary meditation. In this life, you know, it's going to be different. Um, you're going to have to go back out there, you're going to have to show to the world, to those who are looking for it, and we were all looking for it, we're all still looking for it, that you can find that same experience that we read about, you know, we, oh, this saint, and he went off over here, and, oh, and he, you know, meditated for 300 years, or whatever it is, and that's when he experienced this, and we just start to think that we're never going to get there because, you know, I'm not going to be able to do that.
1: Or circumstances need to change. Yeah, you know, or I, I have to really like, area, <laughs> yeah, forget that wife
0: and forget those kids. <laughs> you know, let me yeah. just. And so on and so forth. In today's day and age, as we were talking about, the majority of truth seekers already have very, you know, established responsibilities of the world. Because that's the way of this particular yuga. Where it's not about outer renunciation, it's no longer about form in terms of a monastic or a separation, separating ourselves from whatever is. It's going to be how do I integrate everything that I feel in my heart, this deep desire, this yearning for freedom, how am I going to manifest that exactly where we are? One of Paraman's Yogananda's most advanced woman disciples said if you cannot find God where he has placed you where can you find him? And that's kind of a mantra you can say for this time and age. If you can't find him exactly where he's saying find me here then you can go wherever you want when Yogananda as a young boy wanted to even after meeting Sri Yukteswar and knowing that he's his guru said yeah but you know those Himalayan you know peaks are calling me and he wants to go there and of course his guru is not given him permission so he very smartly, I need to find another self realized master and I want him to give me permission. So he goes looking for Ram Gopal Mazumdar, the sleepless saint who's been meditating for 22 hours a day in the most inaccessible caves in the mountains. And what does Ram Gopal Mazumdar say to him? Mountains cannot be your guru. In the Himalayan presence of Sri upteshwar you have everything that you need. Do you have a room where you can meditate every day? And Shriyan Yogananda, little Mukunda says, Yes, well, that's your cave. And that's where you'll find God. And that all started with Lahiri Mahashaya. Before then, there was still this idea that Yahan kuch waala, chodo, chalo kahin aur. But Lahiri Mahasaya was meant to turn that tide, turn the direction, redefine how we will approach this path of truth. And so what is Uh, Baba Ji say go and be an ideal Householder Show them how you balance The four responsibilities Civic, family Business and spiritual So that's where we Kind of arrived at Now let's see what Lahiri Mahashaya says How remote seemed My family, the office, the world As I listened to my guru In the high Himalayan solitudes Yet adamantine truth rang in his words i submissively agreed to leave this blessed haven of peace babaji instructed me in the ancient rigid rules which govern the transmission of the yogic art from guru to disciple ancient rigid you know i like that ancient rigid rules that govern the transmission of the yogic art from guru to disciple.
1: In fact, I was thinking about that word as well, that, you know, this is something that we don't take lightly. You know, we just don't just choose whatever we want. I mean, there is almost like a spiritual protocol that needs to be followed when the guru enters into your life. And and that protocol is as Yogananda first met his guru, there were three main questions that Sri Yudeshwar asked him. And that was, will you give me uh, your unconditional obedience? And Yogananda replied, of course, I will. And you can see that here in Lahiri Mahasaya, the Guru says you have to go back and he submissively obeyed that request. So there you have it, unconditional obedience. Then Sri Yukteswar asked Yogananda, will you give me your unconditional love? And Yogananda replied... Of course, Master, I would give you, and that also applies in our lives where when there was a,
0: there was a little moment there, though, where Master says, like, "What if I think you are not, not, you know, yeah. like the highest, highest of the yogis?" Yes, and then Sri Yukteswar the says, "I don't want your love; it stinks." stinks
1: yeah, <laughs> that's true, and that's also another test that many of us have to pass and go through, like when we don't really have the faith at its highest, when we don't trust that that particular situation that comes to me belongs to me for a particular reason, when we um, kind of doubt, this is really, you know, needs to happen to me, or we complain, or we try to brush it aside, or we want to run away because we think this karma is not ours. And we start doubting, we start cutting corners and see if somebody else's somebody else can resolve. So unconditional obedience means like when your guru sends you somewhere, whether we like it or not, we just go. When the guru says, uh, obey what I'm trying to you know, request from you, you do it. And, and I like this because rigid rules, ancient rigid rules, which at some point each one of us will need to obey. I, I know obey. I know I say three questions, but I think two. was only two. <laughs> unconditional love and unconditional obedience.
0: Bestow the kriyaki only on qualified Chelas, Babaji said. He who vows to sacrifice all in the quest of the divine is fit to unravel the final mysteries of life. Through the science of meditation. Angelic Guru, as you have already favored mankind by resurrecting the lost Kriya art, will you not increase that benefit by relaxing the strict requirements for discipleship? So, when Babaji gives Lahiri Mahasaya these rigid, ancient rigid rules, it's obvious to Lahiri Mahasaya that, wow, this is pretty much going to, you know, almost nobody is going to be able to live up to the particular standard that Babaji has created. here he says, bestow the Kriya key only on qualified chelas. Boy, we would not have made the cut yeah. as qualified chelas. He who vows to sacrifice all in the quest of the Divine is fit to unravel the final mysteries of life through the science of meditation. Now does that mean we're not going to have to sacrifice all in the quest of the Divine? Of course not. We are all going to have to sacrifice it all. But we may not be able to start there. The majority of us aren't able to start with that step. But sooner or later Because we may say we meditate, we may say we're practicing Kriya but boy is that meditation and Kriya not quite working the way it needs to work because we're not yet ready to sacrifice all. We still want to hold on to 600 different things so you hold on to it and there's only that much that your own life force can do in your meditations. It cannot magically create a whole other inner environment when your external relationship to the world is already so biased. So, while this rigid, ancient, you know, connection of guru-disciple, the way the transmission needs to happen, which means how that guru is going to truly change us, will only happen when we are willing to sacrifice all in the quest of the divine. However, what Lahiri Mahasaya gives us as a little bit of a grace... <laughs> He says, Shuru to karne at least, because God knows when they'll get to this place. So he says, since you've already favored mankind by resurrecting the lost Kriyad because up till that time, as Babaji said, it was only it's a very sacred, very secret technique. But now he was wanting it to be more readily available. Will you not increase the benefit by relaxing the strict Requirements for discipleship. Again, right here is where our lives got a little (laughs) more blessed. (laughs) Because if those strict requirements were not, you know, removed, none of us would make the cut. Maybe some of you, I hope perhaps, but I I have to be completely honest here and say, "Uh -uh." uh-uh.
1: I like that he says here the strict requirements for discipleship. He's not even using requirements for Kriya Yoga initiation, which implies to me that there there is the path of discipleship first that need to to take place in order for you to receive the custom-made technique from your Guru that will take you to freedom. And, And I think this is very important to honor and to recognize that when your guru who knows you more than you know yourself, who knows all your past lifetimes, all the struggles that you have gone through, who knows already how long it's going to take you to unite yourself with the divine and he knows exactly where you are at, he then hands you the tech hands you hands you the technique that will take you forward and this is not something that anyone can give you you can receive techniques from somebody else but if that person is not self-realized you may not achieve freedom you you may gain certain um, awareness that you didn't have before you may perfect some of your spiritual skills some tendencies you may develop new spiritual habits but that won't give you freedom that won't work strictly you know with your ego so for me last night when i was reading this i was a little bit like you know like impressed uh, how discipleship is almost a need to succeed succeed in your way to freedom. And when your guru comes into your life, when he appears, then you know you are halfway through already to that success. Anyway, it just was interesting to see that he specifically- Yeah, and for us
0: especially, you know, the more we're kind of (laughs) attempting Mm -hmm. at meditation and at Kriya, you just realize that discipleship is that power. Mm -hmm that ensures that despite how you feel today, despite what you are, you know, your moods like, despite whether you are having wonderful meditations or lousy meditations, the one thread that kind of is Absolutely. unbroken throughout that experience is your love for your Guru mm-hmm. and your, you know, absolute sense that it doesn't matter what I'm able to do because mm-hmm. I know what he is able to do. And all I need yesterday, we did a purification ceremony and the words of that ceremony is just, you know, just, they just pick it up exactly. Open your heart to me and I will enter and take charge of your life. It sounds so simple. It's like, oh, all right, let we go. You know, it's the Hanuman moment we all have to have. We have to see how can I open my heart. And the problem is our heart's just full, full of many other things, full of our own preconceptions, even of the spiritual journey. And while that is why we try to stay in perfect attunement with the Guru's explanation of the spiritual journey. Not because he's the best and he's explained it perfectly and there's nobody out there who can, you know, top his definition of meditation. It's because that's his vibration. It's not your vibration. Your vibration's full of just your own little stuff. It may sound wonderful. It may sound you've had an epiphany, but it's not your Guru's vibration. And so we stick to that. We fill our heart with everything that's His so that it expands and starts to move around other things that aren't His, which, is, which are ours or which are born of our own likes and dislikes. So here we are, that's this discipleship. In the Bible, Christ put it this way, to those who receive Him, to receive me, to them do I give the power to become the sons of God. It's a transmission of power. It's not a transmission of teaching. It's not a transmission of a technique. It's a transmission of power, which comes in the form of of a technique or a teaching, but surpasses any of that. So many people do we know of who've had hard times with, you know, being able to stay with the strict rules of their meditations, of their seva, of their things, but their love for God and Guru is just so strong, and you just see them flying. But... They don't give up. They don't say, ah, because I can't meditate. They know, my Guru has asked me to meditate, even when I can't meditate, I'm going to do it. Even when I can't serve and a part of me feels very resistant, I'm going to do it. Even when I feel that I don't have time for, you know, X, Y and Z, I'm going to make that time. Because that's what it means to love someone. To be able to do what is required. So here we are, Lahiri Mahashaya opening the world up for us. I pray that you permit me to communicate Kriya to all seekers, even though at first they cannot vow themselves to complete inner renunciation. The tortured men and women of the world, pursued by the threefold suffering, need special encouragement. They may never attempt the road to freedom if Kriya initiation be withheld from them. Be it so. The divine wish has been expressed through you. With these simple words, the merciful Guru banished the rigorous safeguards that for ages had hidden Kriya from the world. Give Kriya freely to all who humbly ask for help. Now at this moment, everybody thinks everyone should get Kriya. You know, it's like they come up to, you know, often they'll come here and they'll say, why don't you just give me Kriya? I want Kriya. And here, very clearly, Babaji says anybody who humbly and sincerely asks for it should just receive it. But we were, where were we talking about it? In the There's discipleship so class. Cl- <laughs> know, all places. these classes start to blend together. But on Wednesday, we're doing this special series only for disciples in Kriya bonds. And we're going through certain uh, discipleship Asprey. notes that Swami Kriyananda wrote as a training for the monastics back when he was with SRF. Um, and so in there, of course, you know, talks about, uh, we were talking about in that class, these letters of Lehri Mahasaya between him and his disciples. And you think over here like, oh, now Lahiri Mahashaya must be just giving it to whoever humbly asks for it. But in those letters, Lahiri Mahashaya is very particular, you know, and his, again, his standards are so much higher. Yeah, I expect you to be doing 50 Mahamudras every day, minimum of 600 Kriya you know, rounds every day. And then he's telling his disciples, every day increase your Kriya count by 100 and every day increase your Mahamudra count by 12. Every day. You know, so he was not lowering the bar in any way. When we, when we read this line, give Kriyas freely to all who humbly ask for help. Boy, they need to really be humble to ask for that help and the... Say, I'm going to do exactly what you're asking me. We ask people to do Hongsa for 15 minutes and you can't get them to do that and then they say, give me Kriya. We ask them to energize once a day and they can't do that for 10 minutes and then we expect some magical, you know, Indra Dhanushana chahi haath or something. <laughs> right. You know. Disciples are writing to Lahiri Maja. Ah, I meditated for 8 hours today and I still feel I'm getting nowhere. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm just doing a thousand and eight hundred kriyas every day and just by your grace, I'm, I'm seeing now, you know, a little light. I mean, it's just, you just say, wow. And then Lahiri Masha, very particular. If you don't do your Mahamudra, I'm sorry, I can't give you kriya. Because I'm not going to give it to somebody who isn't ready. And that's, that's the humble people who are seeking for it. So don't, you know, let's not kid ourselves to think that we're ready for something that we're not ready when we can't do the absolute Chagani basic yeah. You know, one thing that we were reading over there was that the word disciple comes from he who is ready to receive discipline. It comes from the same root. Disciple is disciplined. And that's what it's going to take. Are you ready to receive discipline or are you only here to tamper an ideal that um, I've got this one technique in my hand now, and chalo, ye bhi pocket mein dal dete hain. Ab dekhta, ab Sudarshan kriya bhi check kar lete hain. Wo bhi kya hai? And ab kriya bhi dekh lete hain. You know, as long as my kitty bhari and I can talk about it, and that's really what people call humble seekers. So, don't go by this. <laughs> go by the fact that Lary Maasaj's bar was so high. Even after relaxing all the safeguards, even saying ki chalo, dete," de still we would not have made the cut. I mean I thank my guru you know every day for coming out yes. and saying, alright, let's create something that you know a larger group can handle the way he broke the Kriya path down for us. But otherwise none of us, many of us would not have been able to even in fact attempt. so
1: so many people come to us wanting kriya and i love the fact that swami kriyananda and master of course structured the path of kriya yoga in these four almost steps and the third step before going into your kriya initiation is the discipleship approach the discipleship initiation and that's a very important part for the success of your Kriya technique. In fact, it's like without the power and the blessings and the grace of your Guru, the technique is just a mechanical thing that we practice, you know, with some elements that we need to add. But if the Guru's grace is not there, it's very difficult to succeed. And many people who want Kriya from us they join and when the time of discipleship comes when the time of true commitment when the time of humbly asking for the help of the guru they just are not ready to take that step and then they just go somewhere else when kriya can be given you know over a weekend or over a day or you know lightly lightly and I just really appreciate that when that step comes, they themselves by taking or not that step, they are just being drawn to wherever they need to be mm-hmm. at whatever level they are. So it's, it's not in a sense like the organization, Ananda is creating this. Now when I read these paragraphs of Babaji being so strict, about this, then Lahiri Mahashaya even though you know Babaji relaxed a little bit in the process, but then you see that Lahiri Mahashaya almost honored that request and he was strict as well. So i I'm kind of feel that the way that we are we trying to follow Yeah the way we are trying to follow it is in tune with Babaji's Ila doesn't request. want us to be any stricter
0: than we already are <laughs> <laughs> so there, where were we? Oh, give Kriya freely to all who humbly ask for help. After a silence, Babaji added, Repeat to each of your disciples, I love that, your disciples, this majestic promise from the Bhagavad Gita. Swalpamapasya pasya dharmasya trayata bhayat." Even a little practice, even a little bit of the practice of this religion will save you from dire fears and colossal sufferings. He said, repeat that to each disciple. <laughs> but that's what it's going to take. You're going to have to practice this inward religion. You're going to have to make this a part of who you are. For that transformation and that shift to happen. Oftentimes we receive a technique and just we think that's the answer. Okay. But now that's just the beginning to start and see what is it going to do? How is this going to transform me? I also like here Babaji kind of saying, repeat to each of your disciples. Over here, Babaji essentially gives Lahiri Mahashaya the permission or the commission to become a guru. Um, we were reading again in the same disciples. We're on the topic of attunement to the Guru. So therefore, all these concepts are coming up. And over there, there was this little note where Swamiji says, A Guru can never be self-appointed, but can only be appointed by his Guru or by another self-realized Master. And that's another kind of way to see it. Ah, okay, this is a this is an actual... Parampara that's handed down. It's not like we just come up and decide I know a technique and I seem to be able to explain these things pretty well. So, chalo, you know, why not? Seems like I could uh, try my hand at this guru business. Really has to come either from your guru or from a self-realized master and this is the commission now Babaji is giving Lahiri Masha. These are your disciples from this point on whoever you initiate. As I knelt the next morning at my Guru's feet for his farewell blessing, he sensed my deep reluctance to leave him. There is no separation for us, my beloved child. He touched my shoulder affectionately. Wherever you are, whenever you call me, I shall be with you instantly. Consoled by this wondrous promise, and rich with the newly found gold of God wisdom, I wended my way down the mountain. At the office, I was welcomed by my fellow employees, who for ten days had thought me lost in the Himalayan jungles. A letter soon arrived from the head office. Lahiri should return to the Dhanapur office, it read. His transfer to Rani Khet occurred by error. Another man should have been sent to assume the Raniket duties. So we just see these little, you know, coincidences. But of course not as Babaji said. I planted that thought in your, you know, in your superior's head. That they should send you. But it was never even meant for him. But he had to move so many things just to get his disciple. Because he knew now he's ready. Now is the time. Let me bring him to, you know, to... Give him that commission, give him that mission. I smiled reflecting on the hidden cross currents. Do you have something to say here? No. In the events which led me to this furthermost spot of India. Before returning to Dhanapur, I spent a few days with a Bengali family at Moradabad. A party of six friends gathered to greet me. As I turned the conversation to spiritual subjects, My host observed gloomily Oh, in these days India is destitute of saints Babu, I protested warmly Of course there are still great masters in this land In a mood of exalted fervor I felt impelled to relate my miraculous experiences in the Himalayas The little company was politely incredulous Lahiri, one man said soothingly, your mind has been under a strain in those rarefied mountain airs. This is some daydream you have recounted. Burning with enthusiasm of truth, I spoke without due thought. If I call him, my guru will appear right in this house. Interest gleamed in every eye. It was no wonder that the group was eager to behold a saint materialized in such a strange way. Half reluctantly, I asked for a quiet room and two new woolen blankets. That's an interesting yeah. one. Two new woolen blankets. We know when we share about, um, you know, when we start the journey of meditation, the step one, level one. We talk about you can use, you know, woolen blanket or you can use a silk cloth. As an arson to help kind of insulate you from those downward pulling currents of the earth gravity is one such current which is you know holds the physical matter kind of held onto earth but there are also subtler currents that essentially hold our life force more bound towards material reality and so these natural fibers act as an insulator. So Lahiri Maharaj says, I need two new blankets. Nobody else's vibration should be on that. And you know, just to kind of sit in that space where he can just be protected. Even from that subtlest of energies pulling him downward. Where are we? The master will The master will materialize from the ether, I said. Remain silently outside the door. I shall soon call you. I sank into the meditative state, humbly summoning my guru. The darkened room soon filled with a dim oral moonlight, and the luminous figure of Babaji emerged. Lahiri, do you call me for a trifle? The master's gaze was stern. Truth is for earnest seekers, not for those of idle curiosity. It is easy to believe when one sees. There is nothing then to deny. Super sensual truth is deserved and discovered by those who overcome their natural materialistic skepticism. He added gravely, let me go. That's a powerful moment, isn't it? I mean, we we of course can't summon Babaji, but, or maybe we can, we haven't tried it with two new woolen blankets yet. Um, But, you know, we also get all enthusiastic and, no, no, it works and I'll show you and, you know, no, these truths, they're real. And every time you meet a skeptic, you get a little fired up about your truth versus their truth. Uh, fortunately, Lehri Masha had something a lot more concrete to offer these people. We just have our own half-baked ideas of the spiritual path. God. <laughs> um, but we don't have any proof, do we? And in fact, we've never had proof. I still don't have proof that my Guru is who he is. I mean, I just don't. I know what I feel... But if somebody were to ask me to show me how, what that means, who Yogananda is, I couldn't even begin. And to a certain degree, isn't that just beautiful to be able to have that kind of faith? Because as Babaji says here, I mean, it's no big deal if you show somebody something and then, and then they believe. What's the big deal there? You know, that's why a lot of the spiritual you know, work that we do is, is hidden. It's even hidden from our own consciousness, oftentimes. We ourselves aren't aware of the progress or of the movement in our own spines. We ourselves aren't aware of the journey that we're walking. I mean, we're essentially walking blindly, entirely in faith that the path that my Guru has laid out for me is my path. But so much strength comes from that. If we knew everything, if everything was already established, already set are like, you are looking to go But the fact that we can walk completely in the darkness and be unafraid, be completely open, be joyful throughout that process, be in love with your Guru throughout that process. And that's the power that most of us gain from this journey. It's not the power only of our meditations or the power of some... Insights that we receive, the power to step off a cliff and have not an iota of fear in the process, the power to open ourselves completely to life in every form and facet and have complete faith that this is exactly what I need in this moment. And that's the power that we start to develop as a disciple. And that's the power that Lahiri uh, Babaji wants the disciples to develop as well what's the big deal now you will materialize i have materialized you you'll show me you'll show me off to these people and everybody will clap and as yogananda would say the spiritual path is not a circus and we like circuses we want to be entertained ah, Baba Ji waale, hain, chalo. you know sometimes people will ask you know in these completely random public what siddhis have you developed you know show us kya kar vibhuti nikalo haath usme kya badi baat hai, you know any, you know, two-bit magician can should take out bhuti from his hand if he hides a packet here and has his own way. I mean, it's just like illusions are easy. You know, to be able to walk the spiritual path. In fact, completely not knowing what's going on. And yet being just so free. Not that I'm walking it and just saying, I hope, I hope I'm walking it right. And I hope, Yani, Yahani, Ah, oh, wow. Chalo. Chalo. now we have to move here, chalo, let's move there. Now we have to do this, chalo, let's do this. Now this great karma is you know going to press upon me and crush me. Chalo, let it crush me. You know, what's the big deal if once you have seen it, then to believe. It's really no you know, no show of faith on our side if we're only looking for miraculous responses all the time from the universe. And I like that last thing. Let me go. Babaji made Lahiri Mahashaya a promise. When you call me, I will come. So, he couldn't even leave on his own. That's the bond. He had to ask Lahiri Mahasaya, let me go. Because only if Lahiri Mahasaya said, Alright, Babaji, sorry, you go. Then he could go. Because his promise, his word, his bond was so precious to him. That despite knowing that this was not the right reason, why have you called me? This is completely and utterly pointless. Yet, Babaji would not kind of break his word. I fell entreatingly at his feet. Holy Guru, I realized my serious error. I humbly ask pardon. It was to create faith in these spiritually blinded minds that I ventured to call you. Because you have graciously appeared at my prayer, please do not depart without bestowing a blessing on my friends. Unbelievers though they be, at least they were willing to investigate the truth of my strange assertions. Very well, I will stay a while. I do not wish your word discredited before your friends. Again, just that sweetness of Babaji comes.
1: Yeah, and you can also see really the essence of Lahiri Mahashaya here. Mm. He has, you know, people around him that don't believe in anything that he's sharing about and Babaji and the path of discipleship and all that. And he doesn't disregard them. He doesn't judge them. He doesn't categorize them. These are, you know, poof, useless people. They are like, this lifetime is wasted for them still he has that intense desire and he almost begs uh, babaji can you please touch their hearts can you uh, remove that veil of ignorance they are and for many of us i know if people come and they are not interested at all in what we have to offer. Sometimes we have the tendency, well, if you are not interested, I'm not interested either. I'm not going to give that much of energy if you are not interested. But here Lahiri is in front of someone who is not only interested about it, perhaps is even, you know, skeptical. He doesn't believe at all. Yet his desire for that soul to be helped, to, to to make sure that his guru does that little miracle where that ignorance can be removed. And you don't find that that quality of purity of heart where whether you are at this level, still you don't give up on people. You do your best to try to help them and to bring them under your wings. And hopefully uh, that would be, you know, the nourishment and the miracle that they need in their lives. But it shows here Lahiri Mahashaya's almost, you know, state of consciousness yeah, and purity of heart.
0: How he even falls and says, please, he, let's just help yeah, these people. Yeah, just can. don't
1: live without, you know, touching them. <laughs> oh okay. here then,
0: Babaji says, though. Henceforth, my son, I shall come when you need me, not always when you call me. <laughs> Babaji realized that this girl promised me When you need me, I'll come, not when you call on me. Tense silence reigned in the little group when I opened the door. As if mistrusting their senses, my friends stared at the lustrous figure on the blanket seat. So one was for Lahiri Mahasaya and one blanket seat was for Babaji. This is mass hypnotism, one man laughed blatantly. No one could possibly have entered the room without our knowledge. Babaji advanced smilingly and motioned to each one to touch his warm, solid flesh. Doubts dispelled, my friends prostrated themselves on the floor in awed repentance. Let Halwa be prepared, Babaji made this request. I knew to further assure the group of his physical reality. Anyway, I'm going to skip this little section where everybody is now all (laughs) amazed and everybody is now spiritually turned and their lives are established on the search and move on to the last story of this chapter. So we do finish this chapter this time. And over here it says, the last page here, 310. Sri Yukteswar, oh, wait, where are we? Lahiri Mahasaya, also related to Swami Ananda and Sri Yukteswar, the story of another meeting with Babaji under circumstances which recalled the Guru's promise. I shall come whenever you need me. Which means whenever there's a lesson to be learned, whenever there's something we need to gain, that's when we need the presence of our Guru. And that's when he will always be there with us, for us. And let's see what lesson Lahiri Mahashaya. Had to learn although we don't believe that's true but <clears throat> the scene was a kumbh mela at Allahabad Lahri Mahasaya told his disciples I had gone there during a short vacation from my office duties as I wandered amidst the throngs of monks and sadhus who had come from great distances to attend the holy festival I noticed an ash smeared ascetic who was holding a begging bowl The thought arose in my mind that the man was hypocritical, wearing the outward symbols of renunciation without a corresponding inward grace. No sooner had I passed the ascetic that my astounded eye fell on Babaji. He was kneeling in front of a matted hair anchorite. Guruji, I hastened to his side. Sir, what are you doing here? I am washing the feet of this renunciate and then I shall clean his cooking utensils. Babaji smiled at me like a little child. I knew he was in- intimating that he wanted me to criticize no one but to see the Lord as residing equally in all body temples whether, or su- whether of superior or inferior men. The great guru added, By serving wise and ignorant sadhus, I am learning the greatest of virtues, pleasing to God above all others. Humility. Beautiful ending to this chapter, isn't it? Amazing how Babaji would kind of go through that lens just to help us really (laughs) to know What it takes on the path. Humility. I mean, that's how he's, you know, this whole moment he could be telling about the amazing things Babaji did and all the miracles he could have done. And we just read that he's just materializing wherever he wants. He's creating these palaces. But the chapter ends on this most simple you know, the most essential of things that we need to learn. We don't need to learn how to materialize golden palaces. We don't need to learn how to materialize our bodies left, right and center. We do need to learn humility. And even Lahiri Mahasaya, even that tiny thought that came into his mind that I think this guy is hypocritical, you know, maybe he's not truly a renunciant. Boom! Just before that thought seeps further into our minds. Babaji wanted to change that completely. And how many of us just go throughout our day just running thoughts on other people's lives, narrating what we think they should do, who they should be, how they should behave, how they should act, whether categorizing them into good, bads and uglies, high, low and mediums. I mean, how much of people's lives, of course our own lives, but settled, certainly in this case, just have we, do we hold on to and judge and criticize and, you know, put into our little boxes. And that's what humility means. Not, oh, I'm humble, oh, no, aapke You know, people sometimes come and you ask them, how are you doing? Bas, You know, that's not humility. What's happening here? Every thought that you think needs to be humble. Humble means? God is exactly as much in everyone as He is in me. That's humility. Not, hun, tu hai. Exactly the same. What is, is. That is humility. And that's something that we have to really, I mean, the fact that, you know, Babaji would use that particular uh, example, that particular lesson, is just very important for us. I am trying to, Learn that one virtue, which is pleasing to God above all else. Above your meditations, above how still you sit, above how straight your spine is, above how wonderfully you can recite every line in the autobiography of a yogi. Above all other virtues, I am trying to perfect that which is pleasing to God, humility. That's just, you know, if the book ended right here, so we're in just an ideal moment for all of us, just humility, that moment. But of course, we have more to continue and we will continue. Do you have anything to share?
1: I was thinking about that line that keeps calling out to me, whenever you need me, I'll, I'll be there. And that's really a promise that the Guru makes to each one of us. Whenever we need them, need Him. I'll be there and I think we need him pretty much all the time at any moment. And I think it will be good for us to start distinguishing where his help is really needed in our lives. And, and I was thinking if I can identify those tendencies that are preventing me from moving forward spiritually, whether it is laziness, whether it is unwillingness, whether it is judgment, whether it is lack of patience. I mean, I don't know, the list is very (laughs) long, but it will be very good for us, whether even if we are disciples or not, but especially if we are disciples, where are those areas of where discipleship, where we really need the Guru's help? and ask for that help humbly. Every day, you have to help me to overcome this tendency, this habit. Every time you find yourself just, you know, making that judgment or looking in a particular way, or just, you know, having, holding that grudge, that grudge towards somebody else, call the guru, help me take away this thought pattern, take away this feeling in my heart, take away this, you know, lack of confidence, whatever that might be. But those tendencies that are blocking you from perceiving His grace into your life, it's very important for us to call out to Him, to ask for help. But we need to be wise enough to distinguish the kind of help his presence is worthwhile to be i mean the guru is so busy with the billions (laughs) of billions of billions of disciples he has you know i don't know in so many (laughs) worlds so let's just be also mm, and we we keep calling him out
0: when you know when he's least interested i need money guru i need this help i need that this relationship fixed you know just like he's not interested we never say i need more humility
1: (laughs) yeah and and also start taking more responsibility uh, for our own discipleship because the guru can't do it all for us so so discriminate where are the areas that I really need help because I'm not yet strong enough and what are the areas that he's not showing up in my life because by him not showing up is giving me an opportunity to become strong in myself Mm -hmm. and even if he doesn't show up I'm not going to doubt that he's not by my side you know that blind like faith, that deep trust that whether I see his presence or not, whether I feel it or not, I know he's there and I'm going to trust that the fact that he's not showing up is a favor he's doing for me, you know, it's a favor he's doing, a yeah. Yeah, favor he's doing so I can become stronger. So I think these two aspects are uh, good to, to keep in mind and reinforce them in our consciousness and keep calling the Guru but be wise, what are you calling him for?
0: Okay everybody, had a lovely, lovely moment yes. with Ji with Lahiri Mahasaya.